Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is probably like the most depressing line that I've ever heard in The Bachelorette when she was like, it's been such a long time since I've heard kind words from men. Like, I'm just really overwhelmed or something. I was just like, oh my God. She literally becomes teary because of the overwhelming emotional impact of men saying Strangers. kind things to her. Strangers. Strangers. <laughs> Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Every week, we tune into a new episode of The Bachelorette, and we simply don't know what we're going to get. Yeah, every week. It's like some episodes are really rich texts with just so much to unpack and examine. Others are like more like pamphlets or like the back of a cereal box. You just don't know. It truly is a little bit chaotic. But this week, we got lucky because we have a truly rich text to unpack. Yes, genre-bending twists, complex characters... The plumbing of psychological depths, it's like a really great novel all packed into two hours of television. How lucky are we? And we really don't have a moment to lose. So here to help us close read this episode is friend, former colleague, Cosmo op-ed editor, and author of the hit YA drama They Wish They Were Us, Jessica Goodman. Hi, I'm so happy to be here to talk about this insane episode. Thank you for joining us, Jess. Um, And before we get into the recap, we just want to remind everyone who is listening, please, 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 if you are able to make a voting plan, vote early, mail in your ballot, go on election day, however you can help support and show up for our democracy, we beg you, please do it. Yes, I voted this week by going to one of the ballot drop boxes that we have in New Jersey. There are so many ways. In some places, it's very difficult, but do your best. Um, We'll all get through this together. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) So, hopefully. Um, So, let's let's get started. Um, We return to the La Quinta Resort, where Claire is sunning herself in the pool, Honestly, I think we should do it here every season. It's such a much more beautiful and cinematic setting, I feel like. I'm not going to be interested in going back to the mansion. I know. I agree. 
Yeah, I'm into it. I feel like there's there seems to be like a lot of places to roam and like they're not really like they have a lot of setting to work with. Yeah, they- except when it comes to the dates, which is like it's the, there's more setting for most of it. And then when they go on a group date, it's like and here they are tucked into a conference room with fake gym walls <laughs> put up and a prop tower that was probably used for a high school production of Romeo and Juliet. So, you know, it's like we've got to we've got to pay out in certain areas of the show production. Look, but, you um, can't have it all, Claire. I will <laughs> say, though, that their sleeping accommodations look much more comfortable. They are not like all packed in to one room in bunk beds where half of them are falling off the bunk beds in the middle of the night. They have like full queen and king size beds happening. They don't have to share their rooms with a million people. Many more bathrooms. Like these guys have a good. Are you referring to the final, the after the credits scene when Bennett uh, did a little like cribs tour of his home and yes. had like four fireplaces there? Yes. And, and he also gave a little tour at the beginning. Like there was a lot of uh, Bennett's living quarters featured in this episode. And he had a really good collection of sheet masks, which I, I always respect. And his shoes laid out in front of a blazing fire, which is where I like to keep my shoes as well. Um, he has at least three more fireplaces than most people have in their homes, <laughs> I would say. Um, as they enter the their their suites, one guy is like, I'm just excited to be somewhere that's safe. And <laughs> that really just sums up where we all are mentally as the season <laughs> begins. Who knew um, that the safest place in America would be the set of The Bachelorette? That is a 2020 twist I didn't see coming, but it feels <laughs> I've right. like I've never wanted to be on a reality show before, and now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just, like, try to go on, and then I won't get coronavirus. Like, that Like that seems to be the way not to get coronavirus. Then I can hug friends. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what I have to do to hug a friend. It's like, wear a mask, social distance, go on The Bachelor. Like, those are the ways to avoid it. So Exactly. There you go. Uh, So we get to our first date, first group date, which is going to feature Riley, Jordan, Yosef, Ivan, or is it Yvonne or Ivan? I I think it's Yvonne. Yvonne. Yvonne, Ben, Bennett, Zach C, Zach J. I'm sorry. I like have fully no idea who the Zachs are. uh, And Dale, Claire's husband. (laughs) See, every time you say that, I'm going to be like, excuse me. That's not my husband's name. Like his name um, is Greg, okay? <laughs> I fully had no idea there were multiple Zacks. Like we met them last week. Zero memory of even a single Zack existing on yeah, this none. show. I can't remember um, any of their names so far, so I just keep writing down things like chess guy. Like Yeah. Like loafer guy. <laughs> I'm just like, that's who they are to me until Dale wins and then we move on. <laughs> no, I've been doing a lot of guy question mark. Same says and then I have to go look at all of the list of men and track them down, which seems like it seems even harder than usual to differentiate them. I say this every um, season, but like, please, ABC, just <laughs> just use the Chirons a little more. A little more. Help That's us. That's all we're asking. Like yeah. maybe every time they're on the screen, that would be helpful. <laughs> Yeah, they should do it like Instagram tagging. There should just be like a little arrow pointing to each guy who's on I screen with that. his name. Why not? Genius. So um, as as you said, Claire, they they head off to um, their corporate retreat. 
Yeah, they just are all like walking across the grounds of a resort together in a group and going to a conference room called the Salon de Fiesta. (laughs) This was the saddest looking room I've ever seen. (laughs) Inside, there's some sort of group bonding exercise set up. The vibe is extremely college orientation. Um, And this is the big downfall of filming the show in a bubble. But overall, I would say worth it. Um, And Claire greets them in high-waisted khaki shorts, along with Chris Harrison, who I think literally just said goodbye to them. And he just ran faster than them to get there. Yeah, he references some sort of passage of time. And I was like, you you just saw them. Like, maybe you took a break between filming. But, like, for us, it it seems like you literally sprinted over. They had to take a break for, for them to put some styling clay in their hair or something. <laughs> I imagine that there are just, like, golf carts all around this resort, and Chris Harrison has, like, a personal golf cart where he's just like, all right, BRB, and, like, jumps in the golf cart and, like, goes to the date, and then, like, oh, everybody so else true. shows up. Yeah. Chris is and not jumps walking. in and, like, taps the top, like, here we go, boys. He's a big golfer. Like, you know that he has, like, a, a golf cart to, to shuttle him around this, this whole situation. He probably has, like, a personal fleet of golf carts. Um <laughs> So Chris tells the guys that they're here to learn about love languages. And I just want to say that we know that this is like a really unusual quality group of guys for The Bachelorette. Because when Chris asks if they know about the love languages, none of them says, it's my favorite book. (laughs) You mean these men might have actually like read some novels? (laughs) <laughs> it's possible. I just the love languages has such a like a prominent place in recent bachelor seasons. Like the contestants have always read it and there's nothing wrong with that. I too have read the love languages, but I was like, "Oh, I I see that we're we've gone in a different direction with the pool of men and their interests." Um and so they're going to basically be enacting some of the love languages love language categories for Claire beginning with words of affirmation what did you guys think about this date Claire is like in some sort of tower Rapunzel style I mean this is the thing again with filming on a resort their options are limited they have to be a lot more sort of like narrative heavy with these dates so they can't lean as much on like here's a sweeping vista go do a weird activity they have to depend on a lot more speaking ability, uh, which puts a lot more pressure on Claire. Um, And I think that is sort of partly what has lent us to a lot more like emotional processing on these dates because they don't have anything like crazy for us to look at. Um, But okay, why do you, why do you think that they put her in like a, a random like theater like a high school theater production of like a castle like a like a turret in a castle instead of just being like let's just stand next to each other and have you guys do this like what did the Rapunzel castle add to this whole situation other than she was like taller than them (laughs) I think they should have leaned into it more honestly like I think they should have leaned into it more and been like Claire like we're gonna do this as a whole Romeo and Juliet concept and like if Claire was like you're you know bring in a, a theater you know director or something into the bubble I don't know but like it's true we have such a paucity of dramatic visuals 
you can't just have them in a dark conference room talking to each other for like 10 weeks. You're going to need to mix it up visually. I think the problem is that they didn't take it far enough. They're just like, here's a prop. Claire, go stand in the prop and listen. (laughs) It's not enough. Uh, I really could have done with some like, yeah, some more high school theater production quality. Um, But it it was hilarious to watch them like look up at her and like say these things and have her kind of like stare down at them. It was it was very bizarre. This is the thing that they they would have done in the past is like take them all to like a high school theater and like the theater is putting on a romantic play and like they talk to the high school kids and Claire's like, oh, he's so good with children. And then they do the romantic speeches. Instead, they're just like, we can't do any of that. We can't change the setting. We're like, just put her in a tower, (laughs) call it a day, use the props that are here. Like, it is what it is. This is the beginning of the season. I also imagine they were like, there are a limited number of people we can bring into this bubble. It's going to take time. So like the beginning dates are, are going to be maybe like a little um, lower maintenance. Yeah, they've got to keep something, keep their powder dry a little bit. Exactly. Um. <laughs> so yeah, we get to hear all of these men, you know, wax poetic for her. And, and I appreciate that Claire tries to like respond in kind to each one of them. Like she sort of is like, yes, yes, oh, she tries to be very affirming back to them. Um, obviously, she's like swooning when Dale speaks. Um, and I, I thought feel she was like, gonna like fall out of the castle. I know these other <laughs> men are clearly starting to pick up on how much more she likes Dale, especially when we move on from words of affirmation to a uh, physical touch. This is probably, like, the most depressing line that I've ever heard in The Bachelorette when she was like, it's been such a long time since I've heard kind words from men. Like, I'm just really overwhelmed or something. I was just like, oh, my God. She literally becomes teary because of the overwhelming emotional impact of men saying kind things to her. Strangers. Strangers. (laughs) I, I I felt that. I really did. But when she said it in that way, um, I was like, it's sad that, that we expect so little, isn't it? <laughs> so little. Yeah, the bar is very, very low, low for men. Um, I, I have to assume that that was also potentially compounded by quarantine and the fact that yeah. Claire has like been around zero humans. Yes. Which again was which again was evident when they went in for physical touch and everyone was like, I haven't hugged anyone in so <laughs> long. And I was I, like, I feel that. Like I know, I liked that. I found that to be relatable. I was like, yeah, same. Like I too would lose my shit if I got to like hug a bunch of people. That sounds really nice. Yeah, different yeah. people, like different like shapes and sizes. Like that sounds so fun. I know. <laughs> And it's a date that would normally be a little awkward, especially if you're the bachelorette and you have, like, a lot of guys, like, coming at you physically. It might be a little overwhelming. But instead, they're all just like, "Mm, yeah, let's breathe each other in. Oh, you smell so good. Oh, yeah, I just want to, like, feel your body with my hands. And then all (laughs) of the other guys who aren't participating are not wearing blindfolds the two uh people who are hugging are wearing blindfolds and everyone else is just standing watching and just like waiting for their turn to get to like sniff a real human from up close (laughs) like dogs claire also keeps like 
smelling their necks and being like, I can tell who it is. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, wait, can I? I I'm confused now. She's like, and but then- you all smell good, which I'm glad they put in the effort. You would, I mean, it's their first date with The Bachelorette, <laughs> you know, where a little bit of that yeah. dog perfume that apparently is a thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I fully skipped over uh, the gifts portion where they all have to, like, find random items in their rooms to bestow upon Claire. And Dale gives her dog perfume. Is that a thing? Yeah, I was baffled by this. So Dale takes out a, a bottle of perfume and says, you know, I have dogs too. I know you love your dogs, and I get that. Um, so this is perfume for your dogs. And I okay. was like, I was really with you on the first half of that, Dale. Even perfume makes sense, but then you tried to really bring them together, and you left me wanting a little bit more connective tissue. I don't understand if it's like perfume for the dog to wear, or if it's like perfume to like make your apartment not smell like a dog. And I thought maybe, maybe it was oh. perfume that she could wear that the dogs would like. Guys, I just Googled and like PetSmart has a whole section of dog cologne and perfume. Is this it is a for thing. the dog? Is it yes, for the dog? Deodorant to wear? sprays for dogs. All right. But why did he have his dog's <laughs> deodorant spray with him? Also, it almost looked like it was like a handmade dog, like natural perfume. I was very confused. I had many follow ups that didn't get answered, but I suppose we should move on. <laughs> Um, Let's move on. There are a few other gifts, <laughs> a few other notable gifts. Ben gives her his favorite T-shirt. I hope he was lying. These guys are all giving her, like, treasured stuff. Riley gives her a baseball from the last game he ever played. I was like, dude, do not do that. I was like, I like, really hope get she that gave back. these back. I really <laughs> yeah. hope. She's not picking you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yvonne gives her a chess queen. Um, Yvonne has, like, fully leaned into being the chess guy that is at every turn he's like have I told you how I feel about chess it's very important to me and it's a good move for TV because we all know who chess guy is I literally wrote down (laughs) chess guy yeah exactly me too (laughs) with with three exclamation points I thought that was nice I agree Uh, can we talk about why they seem to completely skip over acts of service maybe it was boring yeah, what could yeah. be more boring than doing kind things for someone <laughs> that you care about? Also, like, no, I, I wonder I wonder what kind of acts of service they could accomplish in this, like, conference room. I think she'd be getting a lot of foot rubs. She did get a foot rub from someone, right? At some later, point. on a yeah. different date. Different date. They must have gotten the acts of service memo <laughs> there. Yeah, they were like, just throw that in later. Yeah, they were on the balls date, and no one on the love languages date gave her the act of service. Um, but the night date is quality time, so skipping right ahead to that to that love language. Claire comes out in a bright blue mini dress, looking incredible. She's feeling great. The men really impressed her. And the guys are all just like, I'm hanging out with my new best friends. This is fantastic. Having a wonderful time. Oh, Claire's here. Cool. This was the most, like, one of the most bonkers things I've ever seen on The Bachelorette, though. Like, her reaction to to this. We need to talk about this. Oh, we need to unpack this entire thing. Because it was, I was like, Claire, Claire, no. I, I disagree. I loved it. Let's, let's, let's back up. What happens? So. She gives a toast. Which is, to all it's just men. what happens, right? You give a toast and then 
And then someone says, Can I steal you for a sec? Someone responds to her toast by being like, Yes, we're having a great evening and we really respect you and we respect each other. Which in itself is a reaction to the toast I've never seen before. I was like, okay. Like, if I were Claire, I'm like, thanks? Like, I wasn't concerned that you didn't respect me or each other, but now I'm wondering what that's about. And then she waits for one of them to try to steal her for This silence lasts for so long. And I do think it's because a lot of these men, who are like a slightly older set, have perhaps a less of a depth of Bachelor knowledge or reality TV knowledge in general. And they clearly are not tuned in to the conventions of this show, which say that, like, okay, it's nighttime now on this group date. This is your only time to have one-on-one with the lead. You need to grab her. So instead, she's just, like, left hanging there and is like, uh, yeah, so does anyone anyone want to start? Anyone want to hang? And Bennett's like, yeah, I will take that on. And she is clearly <laughs> That is very pissed. much the vibe. He's like, I'll do it. He's guys. like, I'll fine, I'll take one for the team. I'll leave the dudes. And she's like, don't all jump at once. Like, that was that was really sad. That was really sad for me. And oh man, she is like shaken by this in a way and- that made me very sad. And Bennett then manfully makes it much worse by starting off their time together by saying, oh, yeah, sorry, we were just all having such a good time hanging out together. We didn't even need you to show up. (laughs) She's like, did I interrupt the bromance? And he's like, no, we'd rather hang out with you. But like, you really teed it up for us. Otherwise, we all would have just sat there. And I was like, Bennett, that is not the way to make this clearly now insecure woman feel like you were all excited to talk to her. I just, I, I really didn't understand though, because I just feel like in all of the cocktail parties that have happened on this franchise, there must have been other times where like the group didn't exactly know what to do immediately or there was like an awkward pause or something. And I was just kind of like, what was different about this? Like, did was there an editing thing that happened like it just like didn't really track for me because I was like okay there's like an awkward pause like why is she so upset but yeah I think it was a cut well so first I think that you're right in a sense because I do think that often the bachelor will just pull people um and I think sometimes the bachelorette will pull people and so it's the first group date maybe the guys are like feeling good they're not inclined to be like competitive with each other yet because they're all getting along they're sort of abiding by rules of engagement as one of them says later and you would think oh well claire will just be like oh i've been excited to talk to riley i'm gonna pull riley now or whoever and instead she waits for them and so you can see how under different circumstances that date would have gone with just claire being like let's go talk And instead, she doesn't want to do that. And that also leads to the awkward silence. But I then think that Bennett being like, we were just having a great time together, just kind of exploded that feeling that she was having of insecurity that she's like, I'm the bachelorette. I'm older than most bachelorettes. She keeps bringing that up. And like, she clearly feels a little insecure that they don't seem to be jockeying to fight over her in the way that she feels the bachelorette is typically jockeyed over. And 
decides to just confront it head on. I mean, did you guys feel like that was the right way to handle it? I mean, I I was cringing. I was like, this is rough. And I sort of, I don't know, I I felt very mixed about it. Because on the one hand, I was like, this is kind of great television. Like, Claire is the type of lead who comes in guns blazing no matter what. Which means that she's always entertaining, but like half the time I'm like, no. And half the time I'm like, <laughs> yes. So it's never boring. Um, would I have reacted to this situation in that way? No. Like, but I think she's the sort of person who has, because of her life experiences, has sort of concluded that like she is going to demand what she wants because she has not always gotten it. So if she wants to be, like, jockeyed over and fought over and wants people to be, like, aggressive and assertive in that way, she's going to ask for it. But if, but instead of just saying, like, to Bennett in her one-on-one, like, you know, it really would have been nice to, like, you know, see some more initiative from you guys and then sort of saying that to, like, the rest of the dudes. She's like, I need to confront this right now Bennett stay in this room perhaps forever I'm gonna go <laughs> we yell never at the see rest Bennett of again. the men yeah like poor Bennett is just like in that room alone left forever for the rest of the date um as far as we can see but oh man yeah. she and she goes back to uh, confront the group I mean I mean part of me was like, I mean part of me was like was she just trying to get away from Bennett because she was like I just really don't want to talk to you like I need to go deal with Harvard yeah she's like no more h-bombs no more yeah she's like okay bye like I'm gonna go deal with this and then Dale steals her away and all of a sudden she's like so relaxed and like happy obviously and I'm just like (laughs) oh she was just like mad that Dale didn't like get up to like say hi and then yes immediately when she's with him she's like fine so like Again, Emma, I'm with you. Would I have reacted this way? No. Did I love watching it? 100%. Like, rewind the tape. Like, let's go. It'll, like, it will go down as one of the, like, you know, most wild bachelor, like, wildest bachelorette moments ever. Also, it it starts uh, Yo, Yosef, on, on a downward spiral because he starts to, like, interrupt Claire, which just don't interrupt Claire. You should learn this early about her. Do not interrupt her. I agree. Yeah. Specifically, I, I'm still learning not to interrupt Claire Fallon. It's hard. It's a lifelong, lifelong journey. Lifelong journey. <laughs> but he, Yosef is like, look, I can just speak for the group. And Claire's like, no, you will not. I'm going to speak. And he calls yeah. her crazy, which okay, is a so major no-no. Claire comes back and says, I can't concentrate on my one-on-one time because I'm so embarrassed and upset that I had to ask if anyone wanted to spend time with me. That made me feel terrible. Yosef says, well, I can just speak for the group. And she says, no, no, don't do that. I don't want to hear from you right now. I'm a woman and I want someone to show me how they feel. And this is when Dale speaks up and is like, you know, it doesn't matter if we didn't know that this was the right time. It doesn't matter. I just feel like shit knowing that you felt that way. I never want you to feel like that around me. I will never restrict how I feel ever again. Even if there are as many as 11 men present, I will show you how I feel. And I've been on cloud nine ever since arriving. Dreamy music swells up in the air. Claire looks like she's going to pass out from joy. (laughs) And then Yosef says, I just wanted to say for the group, you're crazy to not think we're all here for you. Like, 
man, dude, read the fucking room. Yeah, I mean, first of all, good. never refer to a woman as crazy. But also, like, she just told you that these actions made her feel as though none of you are there for her. And your response is, well, you're very crazy to think that. <laughs> like, he offered no compelling evidence otherwise. He's just like, bitch is crazy. Which, and then Riley you know. says, I got to stop you, though. Um, and as Dale is whisking Claire off for a more romantic encounter, Riley's like, look, no one speaks for me. I might have a different opinion. And Joseph says, I was just going to say, you know, we're all here for Claire. And Riley's like, there's no us. There's no we. There's no <laughs> you and me. Um, and this is when Riley starts saying in his in the moment, like, Yosef has just been disrespectful ever since he arrived and calling Claire crazy. That's not how a real man behaves. Shout out to Riley. I just want to say, this is a no true Scotsman fallacy. Many men behave this way. It's in fact one of the defining characteristics (laughs) of men that they call women crazy. (laughs) It's true. It's it's unfortunately a real scourge on the uh, scourge on the male category. Um, But. Claire gets some time with Dale. Again, we don't know what happened to Bennett. She doesn't return to him. Um, I hope he has fun in the room where he's been abandoned. She was just trying to get away from Bennett. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, no, you've, you've made a compelling argument. I um, think it's true that this was the, the, the ploy a little bit is she wanted to get Dale to step up to the plate. And the first thing of being like, does anyone want to spend time with me? Failed because Bennett did it instead. And now she's like, Dale, are you sure you don't want to spend some time with me? And he's and like, I do. There time. are 12 people here. 11, 9, 8, 7, 6, cloud 9, cloud 10. Let's go. Let's fall in love. Um, I'm I'm like on board with watching their like intense connection, but I do feel like perhaps after a couple more episodes, I'm, I'm going to tire of just of just seeing the the Dale swooning. Uh, but he is very beautiful. It is interesting to think about how they would have edited this if she had managed to pull more of, like, a Caitlin and Sean B sort of thing. Oh, right. They just wouldn't have shown this shit. There's a lot of stuff they wouldn't show, or they would frame it differently, or they would juxtap- They would do use different musical cues. Like, he always gets the swoony music. Um, so that's been sort of... Uh, interesting to think about but at the same time you know they are having these conversations that feel much more real and emotional early on than you tend to see like they sit down and she's like I'm scared of you because I feel so much for you already Um, and he's like I feel the same way Um, you know they have these conversations where they just very naturally start talking about their family and like struggles that they're having in ways that don't really feel scripted or rehearsed in the way that those conversations often do feel on the show um so that's like i do feel like it's different but also it could have looked very different if she had managed to do a full season yeah i also will say that um you know this obviously has to do with Claire but also like I think production was not averse to this kind of thing happening like from what from what I've read um like from what reality Steve has reported Tasha was there quarantining like basically from night one what so yeah 
Um, Because she had to quarantine for two weeks. So she was there quarantining while Claire was still doing these dates. So I think production saw an opportunity to shake things up and was like, great, let's lean in. Um, And I think if they had not been taking that opportunity, they would have handled Claire in a different way. Right. Yeah. Um, Because they have had leads before who felt very sure about someone and... They have ways of producing right. that. Um, so Claire has a couple more conversations. She talks to Zach C and tells him very honestly about coming on the show uh, with Juan Pablo to basically get herself away from an abusive relationship, which she mentioned in the premiere as well. And she talks about how the emotional abuse um, was the most difficult part um, and, you know, it made it difficult for her to get up enough like self-esteem to really feel like she could be on her own um but you know when she confronted Juan Pablo I guess that's like a seminal moment in bachelor history she seems to really feel like it was for her personally that like that was when she found her voice and like realized that she could really go after what she actually wanted for herself and the kind of person who would treat her the way she wanted um I found this conversation really interesting and you know it was just a a short little part of the episode but I do think that it's important for us to see things like this um you know tackled on on The Bachelorette like there's millions of people who are watching this show primarily women and um you know hearing someone say like in many abusive relationships it's very hard to get away you might have to try to leave many times you know I think just hearing her talk about those struggles really candidly and not making it like a whole dramatic plot line was was important and it made me think a lot about the the way that the show has changed you know in so many ways this franchise stays the same but when we recapped season one um Amanda who was the the winner of that season who's been on the pod she um she talks about leaving an abusive relationship uh and it's really glazed over and almost treated as this like odd joke where they focus on sexy costumes rather than kind of the um the meat of what she's actually talking about and this was you know a a nice contrast it only took like 20 years for them to (laughs) treat (laughs) treat abuse with any kind of weight wow (laughs) so much progress uh, and like a and a really like mature female lead who's clearly spent a lot of time processing what yes. happened to her. Um, and the, then Claire tells Zach that she knows she's not the youngest girl in the room, or the skinniest girl, or the prettiest girl. I beg to differ. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> like I remember when she came on Juan Pablo season, I was like, oh, that's like the most beautiful one. <laughs> she's definitely going to win. Um, close to being correct on that call. Um, But she says, I have one of the biggest hearts in the room. Um, And she then talks to Riley, who says, I'm a man. I'm man enough to tell you that I made a mistake. I should have jumped out of my seat and it won't happen again. Um, She appreciates all of the apologies. I get the sense that she like gets very gets directly accesses her feelings of anger before it like simmers and then that allows her to let go of it quickly which maybe is a virtue um 
as opposed to to letting it simmer. Um, and then they do some high school slow dancing to imaginary boys to men, and they kiss. Um, he tells her that he's going to be able to be the first line of defense and the last stand for her. He has a very aphoristic way of speaking. Um, but he's basically saying, like, I'll fight for you. And she says, that's a man right there. That separates the boys from the men. This is a big theme of this episode that I would like to continue to talk about. Um, the question of, like, what a man is. And, um, you know, at this point, we're talking about men standing up quickly to take her away from a cocktail party. Later, it will be balls. Um, but the question of like who's man enough for Claire is is a big one. Yeah, I didn't I didn't love that theme. I was much more <laughs> into the like processing our feelings portion of the episode <laughs> and less into like what makes a man is aggression and balls. Yes, it is like quite a study in different conceptions of masculinity that she is clearly really interested in unpacking the men's feelings and not having them be placed in a box of like taciturn, like tough manliness. She wants them to be open and vulnerable, but that, that question of just like having balls, it, uh, it clearly still, still looms large. I mean, it's sort of an interesting study in where we are as a culture in like unpacking masculinity and the way that I think, um, I see a lot of straight women, sort of grapple with wanting a a wider conception of what masculinity can look like, but still like often struggling to totally free ourselves from the desire for some of those, from some of those conventions that we've sort of been socialized to believe, like signal someone's desire for us, you know, that like that, um, you know, aggression or moving the needle forward, not having to do all of the work. Like we're still raised from a very young age to believe that like those are the markers of someone actually caring for you um and yeah I just think we're in a little bit of a moment where like everyone is sort of confused I think ultimately in a good way because we should just like blow up all these gender roles but um I think we're sort of like seeing people especially people like in their 30s kind of grappling with that in in real time yeah I think that's a really good point that like And I found this when I was dating, you know, that I had a lot of ideals about being able to pursue a guy if I was interested in him, not having to be passive. But in practice, you know, finding that the guys who don't pursue you don't care about you because they are raised to believe that they should be very active in going after girls and women that they're interested in and so you know trying to unpack you know what is just me you know expecting uh sort of stereotypical masculinity from men and what is me correctly reading their cues of interest um is very tricky and how do you navigate that without like perpetuating something um how do you navigate that without you know wasting a lot of time and energy on men who are never going to be into you. Um, And that's, you know, one of the major pitfalls of just like heterosexual dating, because there's already so much baggage bound up in that. It's a real Um, curse. It's a real fucking curse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Many times this episode, I was like, wow, this, the hetero uh, 
sexual misery is just very on display. <laughs> and all of this stuff is like never more on display than it is in this franchise. Like, I think that, I, like, I never really confront th- those kinds of, um, like, issues or situations anymore because, like, I'm not dating and I, like, like or, you know, like, I have a long-term partner and it's, like, I forget until I watch these shows and I'm, like, right, these things still exist. Like, these tropes, <laughs> like, these stereotypes still exist. These tropes still exist. The, like the idea of what a man should be from a man's point of view is very strong and, and ever present in, in so many men. Um, and it's like, I find that I forget that until I watch this show. And I'm, it's like a good reminder that we still have a lot of work to do in this space. A lot. Yeah, a absolutely. lot. I think that's, you know, we see um, a couple more short little conversations clipped together. Uh, she gives the the date rose to riley which i was pleased to see you know dale can't get them all Uh, and then we move on to the first one-on-one and i think we should note a little chekhov's gun here yosef um is still upset he feels like claire was hot-headed and immature and he will address it with her if need be Um, i think yosef is hot-headed and immature (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yosef feels that it's a man's place to be hot-headed and immature. It's allowed. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, more on the incredible chaotic energy of this episode of The Bachelorette. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah. Read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are not a lot of hours to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority. Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. 
There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly truly have it all because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids and now it's even harder because you're always doing pick up or drop off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working. And Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class. I can do something that gets my heart rate up and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into like their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible neoprene weekender bag And it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent 
on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks. And it's been really helpful because my French is not good. But now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now back to the show. Date card, Jason, love will set us free. Um, I had sort of forgotten about Jason. He, I guess, is a former... Had no idea he existed. ...football player. Um, Yeah, so Claire has selected him for this date. She later explains because she has the feeling that his upbeat energy and his jokes are perhaps shielding something because she used to use positivity and self-deprecation to shield her insecurities and pain. Um, So she writes him a letter before the date to ask him to write a letter to his younger self before the date. There are already several letters involved in this date. It hasn't even begun because she is going to write one to herself as a younger person as well. There's homework on this date. This date requires (laughs) homework. I mean, it's a new territory for this show. Can we also just talk about how, like, Jason read the letter and then he was just like, shit. (laughs) he was just like crap like he literally said like shit like I have to do something I found this date so interesting as just a glimpse into a different kind of mind I was talking to my husband the other week about a conversation I wanted to have with someone that would be very emotionally like challenging and involve like dredging up some stuff And I was like, I know that it could be tough, but like, I think it might be really helpful. And he was like, well, that person might not want to have that conversation. And I was like, I literally don't relate to that. Like, who doesn't want to have an emotional conversation about our past with anyone? I'd have that conversation with anyone in the world. I just want to have that conversation. There are people like Jason who never want to have that conversation. And so it was really fascinating to me to see how terrified he was and how he kind of had to be eased into it, um, into talking more honestly about his, his past and his feelings. 
There's also a difference between doing that in general and then like doing it on TV with a stranger, which is what he was asked to do. (laughs) That is true. I think people were really, um, people seemed really sort of like taken aback by this date, but it's sort of the natural conclusion of what this show always does, which is like tee people up to sort of uh, use their their past traumas to uh, define their character to the lead in some way. We're seeing Claire do the production here. Like Claire is the person giving him that prep work. Totally. I think we're on the same page here where like, because there are fewer people on set kind of doing that work um the lead in this case is carrying a lot more of that kind of narration and like direction that's interesting because i just thought it was because claire was herself comfortable having those conversations that she would have preferred to do it that way than to have production say tonight you need to tell Claire about the bad thing that happened that's Um, possible I believe that I guess I I don't really know that much about whether production was shorter staffed than usual but that's entirely possible too um it's it definitely what we are seeing either way is just yeah the production happening on screen I feel like they're also leaning into the fact that Claire is like the feelings bachelorette. Like they're like, okay, you're the mature one. Like you love to have these conversations. Like that's just like what the vibe is going to be. Like let's do it even if the guys are not that into it. Guys, I was into it. I think it it's makes for kind of great television to watch a man like process his feelings and sort of being given the space to do that and be really listen to like I I was struck by how many of these men said directly to Claire like wow it means a lot that that you're really listening to me and it made me so sad I was like wow a lot of men are not socialized to feel that they have the space to have these conversations so those conversations a are like inherently more uncomfortable often um I think especially for straight men and um, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. I I saw some commentary on Twitter, which I agree with, that like women should not be expected to do like all of the emotional labor for the men that they're dating, which I agree with. But also, counterpoint, I would argue Claire is essentially only dating Dale. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think she's just like more of a therapist figure for Jason. <laughs> I actually said to Emma that this strikes me as, like, a really nice example of the campsite rule of dating, that she's like, I'm not going to end up with this guy, but I'm going to leave him in better shape than I found him. And that's the greatest gift that I can give. I mean, I get the question of whether that's exploitative, but I actually think it was less so than the way this is usually framed, because he never Mm -hmm. really gets that specific about what his past trauma is. Um, except that it happened in childhood in his family and it left him feeling like he was, you know, incapable of love. It left him feeling cold. It's left him with a lot of barriers up, a fear of being vulnerable. Like, to me, that is less exploitative than having a producer say, you need to tell Claire that your brother died of an overdose tonight because that's how she's going to really connect with you. And then having them go out and just deliver this scripted revelation of a very personal thing that happened to them um, 
in a very decontextualized, emotionless way. Like this felt very organic. It felt um, like it was more about meeting his needs than it was about, you know, having his privacy like blasted open. That's 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 that was my takeaway. No, I totally agree. And I think that you make a good point in that, like, they spent less time mining the details of his trauma and more time digging into perhaps where that has left him today. And I thought it was interesting that he was very openly like, yeah, in order to avoid, you know, emotional confrontation of any kind, I've been somewhat of a manipulator. I've been somewhat of a player. I've not wanted to get involved with anyone on any sort of deep level. And instead of saying like, oh, that's a huge red flag for me, Claire kind of says like, yeah, and and I think that you probably did that as a self-protective measure. And she like shows him quite a lot of grace for that disclosure. Um, I thought it was great. When I think it actually is a wonderful illustration of why people other than your partner should be doing that work because if Claire really was considering dating him, it probably would be a red flag. Yeah. And that's kind of okay. Um, It's okay for that to be a bit of a red flag because if that person's not dealing with those, you know, walls that they've put up appropriately, then they could definitely hurt you because that is their pattern of behavior. But she's acting again, yeah, (laughs) more as someone who is unlikely to be exposed to emotional harm from the lesson here is that more men need therapists and also like friends that they can have um emotionally deep conversations with and then all of that labor does not get put on a partner I think, like, the real uh, example of this is, like, the end of the date when he's doing his, like, in-the-moment interview. He just looks, like, so raw and exhausted, and he's just, like, like wrung out. And it's, like, that's how you look after you go to the therapist, like, not after a date. So (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was far more of a therapy session than a date. He's feeling some real transference, though, because he's, like, smitten. He's, like, that's what I want. He's, like, I love her now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, hopefully uh, that will not lead to problems for him. And, you know, I don't know how Jason feels about this date. I could understand if he, uh, in retrospect, hated it. But um, it's also possible that he benefited from it. I hope that, like everyone, he is finding whatever therapeutic path forward that he <laughs> needs um, in these times. Um, and she gives him the rose. And they burn her finale dress from Juan Pablo's season because it means nothing to her anymore now that she's healed. This was the moment where I was like, Claire is the most theater kid I've ever I've ever seen, I've ever met. Like the glee with which she threw the dress into the fire and then like the smile that came on her face, I was just like you were like you were and are a theater kid for this and and I pre- I liked it you know no 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 shots no shame just like that's the vibe girl oh, yeah. likes when a narrative comes full circle she's like we started with the blue dress we end it with the blue dress <laughs> like I believe that was her idea oh yeah not, I was not wondering production. I mean to me I'm like is it possible that production just suddenly has lots of new off the wall ideas or is it Claire? Is a lot of it Claire? I suspect a lot of it's Claire. Um, 
And serious, like, Anne Shirley, Lady of Shalott vibes with that (laughs) dress burning. Um, And and next, it's time for the final date, which takes us in a very different direction. Looking for a man with some balls. Presumably, it's all the guys who didn't go on the other dates because there was no I didn't get a date this week narrative. Um, Guys. And so they all head back to the Salon de Fiesta, which is no longer a, a love languages retreat with a tower. It is now a gym. Uh, it has some movable gym walls set up. And Claire is launching dodgeballs at them from a high-speed machine because she wants a man who has balls. Uh. It just really <laughs> swung so abruptly from, like, opening up men's emotional capacity just right over to, like, overt objectification and, like, driving home the idea that your genitals uh, create your gender. It was just a real study in contrasts. There were so many, uh, like, in, like, this is just um, not deep at all, but there just there were just so many like puns or like jokes about balls that also didn't make sense. Like I think at one point Chris Harrison was like, "You've got to be looking for a guy with ball control." Like, <laughs> like yes. what does yeah. what does that mean? And why I, are we why are we pretending that like every time you say the word ball, it's like dirty or like mean something when really it's just like second second grade humor like i don't i don't understand i was just like this what like none of this makes sense is chris harrison doing in the bedroom is the real question like the two things i couldn't (laughs) stop thinking about this as he said it i was like is he referring to like a guy who handles his balls a lot because i don't think we're looking for that (laughs) or is he saying you're looking for a guy who knows how to make them work for you in the bedroom which like they're just like two things in a loose sack of skin there's not a whole lot you can do with them like as far as I know, like as far as like control, as far as Specific, controlling yeah. them, they're just like dangling there. Um, what is it he was, referring to? It was a lot of balls, and like didn't need it. Just didn't need to be there. By the time that we were like at the at the like cocktail party, and Blake is still saying, "I just wanted to show you, I have balls." I was like, "The word balls is no longer permitted on this show." <laughs> Doesn't mean it anything. So yeah, it was too much. So they're playing dodgeball. They split into teams. It's the very classic setup where, like, whoever wins gets time with Claire. Whoever loses has to go home. Except, twist, let's make it even more objectifying. You have to strip down to a thong. I think it was probably a jock strap, but I... It was so confusing because the boxes were so big once they did get down to the... the, the right, like who knows yeah, what was know. actually being exposed I was just there. trying to get glimpses of how much strap there was. But the thing that, that occurred to me when I saw this was they have matching jock straps. Like, was this planned? <laughs> or were they just like, they won't want to play in their normal underwear, so we'll provide some... Um, I think they were in the locker room area. Like, I saw them holding them before putting them on. Oh, yeah, no. I meant, was it planned that it be strip strip dodgeball from the beginning? I was like, yes, Claire, they provided them the jock straps. Clearly, clearly Claire was comfortable enough, like, framing it as her decision. But I just want to say that, like, this is the kind of thing that production often leans into. Like, dress contestants in something skimpy usually it is the women 
and make them do some sort of physical activity that is like degrading in some capacity. So I don't know that this was like a Claire original necessarily. I think that this would have might have likely been a production idea. um, It it was pretty unpleasant to me either way. Uh, Claire definitely says that she's the one who wants to up the Annie by making it strip dodgeball. Um, But his production does have a serious history of this sort of thing. Uh, Chris and Claire kind of offer color commentary on the sidelines. Um, You know, she's making jokes about like, oh, when they take their shirts off, like, oh, their loss is my gain. Mm. And uh, she eventually asked the red team to take off their shirts, even though they haven't lost a game. (laughs) And I was like, okay, like, you can let them leave some of their clothes on. It was so awkward. It was was the whole thing was so uncomfortable to watch. It was just like a misguided attempt at like equality versus like actual equity, right? Like you're like, no, it's not. The the point isn't like let's treat men like shit because we treat women like shit. Like maybe like no one needs to be an object. Yeah, it's like that's how this works is that there is one powerful person um, who – gets to objectify all of the opposite sex people uh, in their path. And you better hope that it's a woman, you know, because that way it's men getting objectified and not us. And that feels good. I It just, especially like when it's a game like dodgeball, I was like, I don't want to get balls thrown at my nude bits at a high <laughs> speed. Like, it's not just humiliating. Like, it seems pretty painful and like, once you're down basically to your jock strap, then like I'm not playing at top capacity anymore because trying to protect. You, I'm trying to protect, you know? And so of course, you know, you're gonna lose. But no, it just the, the whole thing left a pretty bad taste in my mouth. Um the red the blue team eventually loses after Garen is left defending their side alone in his thong and they all have to head home uh walk of shame in in their underwear didn't love it after claire asked them to hug her while they still don't oh, have their clothes on i was like that, i just uh, mm. that was like the worst part <laughs> yeah i was like we're was watching so sexual harassment right now i don't feel good about it it's not cute no. sexual harassment not cute like just can we can we move on from that in 2020 and all the guys the like when they got back to the i mean i'm sure we'll talk about this but when they got back to the house all the other guys were so like blown away by what had happened to them and they like it was it was as if um they like also couldn't believe that they had had to strip like their reactions i think were so pronounced yeah especially yosef well that's the funny thing is yosef seems so much like a dick and so I was uh, displeased to be on his side here. But, like, yeah, I think it was fucked up that they did that. And if I were on the date, I also would have been like, no, I'm not stripping, um, which was sort of his reaction. Um, and that's that's fair, I think. Like, they're allowed to feel, like, pretty bad about having been asked to do that. Um, but Claire is, meanwhile, spending time with the winners uh easy joe kenny 
Jay? Like, there are a couple guys I, think I just it was don't Jay. recognize. Chasen? Yeah. Chasen. Chasen. Chasen and Jay, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Easy gives her a foot massage. We finally get an act of service. And he tells her that she radiates an energy that makes him feel good. And she is into that. She's a fan of Easy, and I agree. Uh, yeah, um, I too am a fan of Easy. Not enough Easy on this episode. Agree. Yeah. We need to dial it up next week. Chasen says that he was bullied for being short, but now he's no longer short. So problem so there solved. You go. <laughs> uh, Claire then tells him that she wasn't asked to go to prom and she felt invisible, which I just don't understand what's going on in the high schools of America. Like, <laughs> I, I, I too was not, you know asked out to dances however i'm not now the bachelorette you know you hear this from beautiful actresses as well i literally don't understand like who are in their high schools who are more beautiful than claire it doesn't it doesn't add up um but she says it makes you appreciate it more because you know what it's like to be on the other side which is the sort of thing that i always think is like a little sad which is like oh yes once i was one of the unwashed (laughs) dateless people but i've crossed over and now i've left them behind and I'm just so grateful to be here among the deserving. Like, it, my past keeps me humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Blake Moynes, who was on the losing team, is feeling pretty bad about having been sent home without time with Claire. And so he is combing his beard. That was upsetting. To me. <laughs> I did I not like even, that. I, I do not like Blake them. Moynes' facial hair at all. It's not good. Ouch. I know, like it, I think it could be very easily improved. It just needs like some slightly different styling. I mean, just think these guys haven't been able to see a, a barber for a long time. This I is know. all DIY. I shouldn't judge. <laughs> I'm judging. Um, I didn't like it. <laughs> Thank you. I think he's cute. Um, but he's he's was rewarded night one for having reached out to Claire against the rules while they were all quarantining. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to do that again. I'm going to show Claire that I really do indeed have balls, enormous ones, the kind of balls that make it possible for you to interrupt a date uh, and get some special time with Claire. So Jay is telling Claire about his fitness career when Blake appears and is like, can I steal her for a sec? I mean, they're all so close together, like even more than usual. He literally just has to walk like three minutes to the date area. And Jay handles this really well by <laughs> freezing up and then saying, uh, but didn't you lose? And then when Blake doesn't leave, he's just like, okay, <laughs> I'll go. I appreciate how much these dudes are like rules, guys. There was like, there was a rule and you lost and you need to follow the rules this is how i've come to understand how sad rules guys seem to other people because whenever they gather in their little posses and they're like uh we all played by these rules and we just have to like we have to follow them i was like oh this looks really pathetic (laughs) like this is what it looks like to people when i'm like but the rules doesn't this yeah like i relate but but like doesn't this happen every season yes yeah yeah, and it turns out the rules never matter. What matters is whether the bachelorette likes you and if she's getting to spend as much time with right. you as she wants. That's the thing. Like, breaking the rules goes well when the person likes you and goes terribly when the person doesn't like you, 
which is kind of how dating works. Like like the yeah. text that you get from the person that you're not into, you're like, oh my God, oh, this is like repulsive. It makes me uncomfortable. But then like the text from the person you are into, you're like, oh my God, this is so sweet. Nothing's ever been sweeter. <laughs> it's, the, it's the rom-com. It's the rom-com <laughs> paradox. Um, Should but... we talk about Brandon? Wait, can we first Wait. talk about how Claire like denied Blake a kiss? When yeah, we have to talk about yes. Blake first. Uh, Blake <laughs> tells her that he wanted to show her his balls again, um, and he's like, "I'm, I'm here for you. I don't care that the guys are going to be upset." Jay comes back with a posse, all the men in their short sleeve dress shirts, who just like line up in their cocktails and like stub their toes of their shoes against the ground and are like, "Uh, hey, so." Like, we, we won fair and square, and we deserve this time. Uh, so, yeah, we just came here to, like, tell you that. And Blake is like, I wanted to show that I had balls. And they're like, that's not big balls. You're a sore loser. <laughs> just, like, stop saying balls. Stop. The discourse around balls is is ongoing and very unsophisticated. Like, balls have literally nothing to do with any of these things. Nothing at all. Um incredibly cis-normative and sexist and also just weird like why like at a certain point don't you just feel weird that you're debating whether showing up on a date is about having balls or not like doesn't that just sound a little odd to you like why am I connecting this to balls at all and the answer is because it's the theme of the date (laughs) um so Claire puts her hand on his shoulder and ask for another minute and they're all like okay yeah okay bye and then she's like thanks for coming but I can't disrespect these other guys so you need to go and he tries to kiss her and she's like you can't go in for it now come on that was amazing like I was like Queen Claire in that moment that was so <laughs> <He> good denied <laughs> poor Blake it was very bold of him to to go for the kiss as he's being packed off um so now uh it's time for claire to get back to the guys and she's having a chat with someone who i had Had never seen before present (laughs) um brandon let's talk about brandon i'm sorry i jumped the gun before i was just like very excited about i understand why (laughs) brandon i guess did not get a lot of time during the first night and he clearly has like prepared the very beginnings of a speech like he's thought about it he's like I know exactly what I'm gonna tell Claire and she kind of you know tease him up she's like so what what brought you here I want to say that there are many ways you could answer this question that would have been satisfactory but Brandon says you know I never thought in my life I'd do something like this but when I found out you were the bachelorette I knew I wanted to sign up And she's like, oh, like, what about it being me made you want to sign up? And I maintain that this is a fair question because he literally just said the only reason I'm here is because specifically The Bachelorette is you. And Brandon is like deer in the headlights. He's like, wait, I I planned that first part. I knew I'd say that it was because of her. Didn't realize she'd have a follow up. And all he can think of is like, you're very uh, attractive, very beautiful. And I I believe maybe that you have some connection to the city of Sacramento. 
Like, I, that sounds familiar to me. Is he from Sacramento? Like, why did that seem relevant for him to share? It was just a fact he could think of. He, like, no, could not think of literally anything about her. And he, people are like, oh, does she expect him to have, like, Googled her, like, bachelor history? No, he could have said, your energy is really striking. I was very excited to meet someone who knew what she wanted. Like, there are lots of completely non-specific things he could have said. And here's something wild. He didn't have to start by saying, I only signed up because it was you. Right. He set himself an enormous trap. And then he was like, oh, she's just going to blush and be like, oh, that's so sweet. And instead, she had a follow up (laughs) and he had nothing prepared. I I agree with you guys completely, but I do think that it was like hilarious that well. So can I spoil this? Like she, spoil? She like send him home because she was like yeah. I like you you can go like you clearly don't have any real reason for wanting to be here be, um, like other than you think I'm hot, and it like yes she was totally in the right to do that and like I agree with her for doing that, but it definitely seemed to me almost like she was like. Well, you like you you didn't Google me. You haven't watched the show, so like, all right, bye. And I feel like that um, is totally fair, also because it because it goes against what we see a lot on the show, where people like pretend like they haven't like Googled the person a lot, and they're like, oh, like who are you? Like where are you from? I think this happens more <laughs> on The Bachelor. Like we yeah. see a lot of female contestants being like, I've never watched the show, and like here I am. And I just, I, I, it just like struck me as so funny that she, like, she's breaking all the rules a million times over. And one of them is like, yeah, I actually do want people to like know a lot about me. Like, I've been out there a lot. Like, I've been on the show a bunch. Like, I'm everywhere. Know who I am. And also, if you're gonna, if you're gonna say you want to be here for me, like, say why. I get it. Just I get like it. have one prepared quality. One, just thing. one. Also, also like, I, think I think you it's... make a good point, Jess, in that like. These dudes were also trapped in quarantine. Like, they had so much time yeah. to research her. At a certain point, it shows a lack of interest in the person you purportedly were very excited to meet, that you are not engaging with any of the enormous amounts of public information about her. He could have and- watched every single season she's been on, like, backstalked her entire Instagram. Like, what else was he doing in You could even come in know. and be like, I didn't want to get to know you through that So I'm really excited to finally get to know you the way that I wanted to in person because I think that's so important and you seem so cool. And he takes the other approach. What I think what Brandon's doing is he is giving lines that are considered like bachelor get out of jail free cards. He's saying, I signed up specifically for you. That always gets an awe. That always gets a, oh, thank you. That's so sweet. He says when she bridles at that and is like, you said you signed up because of me and it's weird that you would say that when you don't even have a reason. Like, what are you doing? And he says, well, look, I really am here to find love. And that wasn't her question. Like, that's not an (laughs) answer to what's upsetting her. It's just a thing that people say on the show to demonstrate that they are worthy and have good intentions. And why, if I'm Claire, why do I want to date someone who came equipped with nothing except a couple shitty bachelor cliches? It's like bachelor themselves out of trouble. It really was Bachelor Mad Libs, but with, like, no substance behind it. And then he does that really, like, too aggressive thing where he's like, well, just there are moments between us that I can feel it. And I I know 
you feel it too. We feel that spark. I'm telling you, you feel it. Therefore, you feel it. And Claire is just savage. She's like, actually, I feel nothing for you. I don't feel that way at all. I was wondering if I felt anything for you, which is why we're talking. And now it's been confirmed to me that I feel nothing for you. Um, can I walk you out? Goodbye. Like, I'm Bow sorry. Down. I fucking loved it. I <laughs> Bow loved down. It. Bow down. I just like, if you're looking for a partner, why would you want to put up with this like vapid shit? Like, don't waste your time. As we um, know, Claire is 39 and she is not <laughs> willing to waste a single second. Not She's one not willing second. to waste like three more weeks of filming. Um, so she tells the guys, like I sent Brandon home, she gives the rose to Chasen, who I'd forgotten was on the date. And uh, she, the guys um, then head back to the suites. Uh, there's, a, I guess, some sort of common room where they hang out because obviously they can't have them all in like separate rooms. They're hanging out in the common area and talking about how Brandon was sent home. And Yosef says, well, I know what I would have said if she asked me what I liked about her. I liked you a lot more before you humiliated me. And then the guys are like, so you wouldn't have stripped? And he's like, no, not in a million years. My number one value is respect for myself and my daughter. And I wouldn't want her to see her dad's butt on TV. Um, Okay, like I get that, as I've said before. And they're like, well, you could have left your shorts on. And he's like, well, I don't care. I'm going to tell her how disappointed I am at the cocktail party. (sighs) I feel very complicated about this whole thing because I agree with Yosef that that was really fucked up. And also everything else he says makes me hate him. Yes. I think that's a correct assessment, Claire. I also feel like he's sort of the wrong spokesperson for this thing like I, I don't know maybe I mean he wasn't space. present <laughs> right he wasn't there like maybe give space if if any of the men who were there for that date felt discomfort like they perhaps would be the ones to speak to that it felt almost to me like yes Yosef is making a true point that is a humiliating premise and like fucked up of the show to do that um but it almost seems like Yosef is just like pissed that Claire talked back to him that one time and She has not lived up to the idea of who Claire should be in his mind. And he's like looking for an excuse to tell her off. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's that's the nub of it. And it does seem like he like the idea that he would respond to the question, what do you like about me with? I liked you a lot more before you humiliated me is like so why are you here like if if you hold her in such contempt and like again I can understand going on a show like this and feeling like the lead was treating us in a way that was objectifying and being like that's not what I want in my partner I can understand that Mm -hmm. leave like I don't understand like saying to be like I hold you in contempt at the next convenient (laughs) opportunity like (laughs) It doesn't even seem like he's saying he plans to leave. It seems like he's saying, I can't wait to tell Claire how much disgust I have for her, which I find a little bit bizarre. Like, he barely knows her. They just met. Um, Perfectly good time to send himself home to his daughter if he wants. Um, And that's when we head to the cocktail party. Um, And Claire starts off by, I guess... 
having already begun to sense some discomfort with the strip dodgeball, is like, that was all in good fun. Right, guys? I loved watching. Anyway, glad we're all cool with that. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. One guy tries to steal her right away, and she rebuffs him. I think it was one of the Zacks. One of the Zacks. Okay. Um, (laughs) They're all blending together. And she's like, no, I have to talk to Blake first. Um, The guys are all so excited. They're like, another guy's going to get sent home. We can't wait. We love this. Blake looks like he's walking the gangplank. And he says, I would normally wouldn't have done what I did. I was just really trying to show you my balls. And Claire says, look, I didn't expect to see you. It really took me aback. It was a big risk for you to take. But I think it was amazing that you did it. I don't want you to worry at all. And here's a rose for you. I thought this was very interesting because the day when he actually interrupted her, the night date, she sends him home to avoid creating conflict with the guys, basically, to, like, show the guys that he wasn't getting preferential treatment, that she was living up to what she promised them. But she's profoundly undermining that by giving him a rose at the beginning of the cocktail party that he can then kind of flaunt to them before the rose ceremony has even begun. What did you guys think of this? I did wonder if this was sort of a production move. Like, they looked at the situation and were like, Claire, you've rejected Blake. He thinks you're not into him. You need to reassure him. So here's, like, give him a rose. That's the best way to deal with this. And, like, in doing so, they, you know, get Blake in a better mood and they also get to sow the seeds of conflict amongst a group of men who are, like, generally pretty into each other. (laughs) Or Claire just lives for drama and she kind of knew that this might happen, which, like, also I I can get behind. Because, like, okay, so the narrative of this whole season is that, like, Claire follows her heart. Claire does whatever she wants because, like, this is where her heart goes and she's not really, like, concerned about the guy's feelings that she's not really vibing with, right? Like, that is kind of, like, the, the... story we're being told and maybe she's just like I like Blake and I want him to know that I like him and like so be it like maybe you know the previous night she was like I really want to make sure that the guys have time with me and like that's the promise instead of like avoiding conflict and so now she's like let's just show Blake that I'm into him yeah. I don't know I don't know but I like this, it. I think that's a this good sounds point. like a really weak argument but I think it's probably somewhere in the middle like I think probably production is like Blake was really upset by that like if you like him like maybe and she was like yeah you're right I'm gonna like give him a rose early or something like that because I I don't I don't think that Claire really would hesitate (laughs) to do that oh I agree I agree um and so Blake comes back with the rose the guys are all horrified um easy had a really good facial expression here that was just like wait what (laughs) i live i live for easy i also like that he was like okay the you know the gauntlet has been thrown there are no rules of engagement now we just gotta go i love there's that point in like every season of the bachelor of the bachelorette rather and the bachelor it doesn't really happen because the women know the show better there's um, every season of The Bachelorette, there's a point when the guys were like, oh, the lead isn't like a hall monitor. Like she's not here to like enforce the rules and reward good behavior and punish bad behavior. Like I, I, I'm so confused. And then they're like, I guess I have to hulk out. 
like a man of the, of, you know, of the olden times um, if I'm not going to be like the good boy in class. Um, and we're having that moment tonight as they're all like, oh, following the rules is going to get us nowhere because Claire doesn't care. Um, and speaking of which, Claire is heading off with Dale, her fiance. One true love. <laughs> Um, to curl up on a couch and just like really vibe out with each other. Really make out with each other. And make out. <laughs> um, they have this interesting interaction where, you know, she's talking about how, you know, she's just been longing for someone who will take the weight off. She's felt so lonely. She's been left high and dry in relationships. And he's like, you know, that's why I'm here. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for your mom. And, like, you you shouldn't have to deal with this alone. And then he sort of says, you know, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not worried. I know I'll have my time with you. And she says, yeah, don't stress about your date. Like, it's coming. And he's like, I'm not. Like, in this very chill way where it's like, oh, he really isn't. Like, there is, like, a transparency of each other's feelings to each other that is so unusual that he genuinely does not feel any of like, oh, I didn't get the one-on-one date week one. Like, now I'm not sure about our connection. He's just like, oh yeah, like we're end game. Like it's gonna be coming. It's kind of it wild. Comes. It's yeah. very wild and striking to watch. Um, and I don't know. There, these two. I get why production was just like maybe we should lean into this <laughs> and just let them go off and like. Because there's no narrative tension here. Yeah, it is. It's it's very sweet. I'm rooting for them, but not enough to rest an entire season, season. on, <laughs> perhaps. Um, and I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys? I can't wait for all of this to blow up. Like all the, the coming attractions are just like, I'm on the edge of my seat. I need to know who yells at her for being old. I need to know. It's got to be Yosef. It's got to be. It's got to be Yosef. Yeah. (laughs) But like I just and I need to know like when the guys are going to walk off set. I'm just I'm riveted. Like I've been waiting months for this season and it's living (laughs) up to all the expectations. And I'm just really happy to have this back in my life. (laughs) I agree. It is. I think this season is delivering. It's unlike what we've seen before. I'm here for the switch up and I'm here uh, to be able to get to experience two bachelorettes for the price of one. Like what a delight. It's so great. And I'm so thrilled to be into the meat of the season now. Like night one is always a little tricky to even discuss because it's so much meeting people that you'll never hear from again. And this episode like fully dives in and I love that for this season. I hope it continues at this high octane pace and I'm sure it will. (laughs) I can't, I can't wait to see what they do with the conference room. Like how many other ways they, they like how many other things they turn it into? Like, are we going to get like an ice skating rink in there? Like a cafeteria? Like, I don't know. The the possibilities are endless. I hope they do a cafeteria. I need there to be a (laughs) hot tub. (laughs) in the conference room. Um, Thank you, Jess, so much for being here with us. It's been a real delight. I'm sure that we could all talk for another like three hours about this. Oh, truly. But thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And before you go, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find you on social? 
Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at Jess Good and Instagram at Jessica Goodman. And my YA novel, They Wish They Were Us, is available to purchase wherever books are sold. And it's really fun. Highly recommend it. Aw, thanks. (laughs) Now it's time for Feminism Fails. And we had a real handful this week, Claire. There was so much going on. And what I what I loved about this episode was that it really just goes to show that sexism and, you know, all the attendant isms are just really so baked into the fabric of society. There there was no like super singular villain the way that we sometimes have on the show. They're just different people, you know, espousing concepts of toxic masculinity in different ways um some more you know unpleasant and uh you know some more benevolent than others but all kind of uh painting a picture of our society so uh let's just dive in uh first we have yosef uh calling claire crazy and uh this was a moment that you know it almost just through manners you would think that that it would be known that this was a bad idea to do, but really plays into the idea that women um, tend to be crazy, that women are irrational, that their desires are um, expressions of irrational uh, feeling or emotion rather than being valid things that we should take seriously, also stigmatizing um, toward people with mental illness. Um, so on many levels, this was uh, very problematic, and we're going to give that a four. Throughout the episode, we see Riley and some of the other men talk about what it means to be, quote, a real man. Like, I speak for myself because I'm a real man. That's what a real man does. And at least in Riley's case, this definitely, like, was was with – it was said with good intentions. Um, but again – we're just not into anything that kind of reinforces the idea that there is one way to be a man or that some men are real and some men are not real. Like, let's just get away from the gender binary in whatever ways we can. So we're going to give this one a two. Uh, next, uh, we have the group date card. I'm looking for a man with balls, um, which... I mean, I think on its face perpetuates the idea that genitals are what make a man. Um, It's very um, cisnormative and uh, is supposed to be cute. I understand that. It's a little joke, Um, but it did create this whole episode long arc of just an obsession with whether men have balls and what that signifies about them that I find extremely damaging so I'm going to give that a five absolutely agree and yeah we also see balls invoked as a signifier for having courage or being able to like take ownership over one's decisions and again let's just like decouple uh physical attributes with emotional attributes these things are not connected your balls are just a thing that exists on your body if you have them and like really signify nothing else. So we're going to, you know, also give that a five. Yeah, we, we were trying, you know, the sex in the city was trying to convince 
poor Steve that this didn't matter two decades ago and we're still here. Let's move on, guys. Um, Next, we have Yosef saying, she hasn't been living up to who I thought Claire was going into this. Um, Just, you know, the implication that Claire's job is to live up to a projection of what he thought she would be rather than to simply be her own person and to center her own self and her own agenda going into this. Um, you know, it's it's a little more of a subtle moment, but I think just reinforces the idea that women should be constantly policed by men and to, you know, embody the behaviors and ideals that the men have and that they should be expected to live up to the pedestal that they've been placed upon, which has been you know, a really harmful thing to expect of women for a long time. So we're going to give that a four. And then, of course, uh, last but certainly not least, we have the fact that, you know, this group of men were pressured to strip down and play dodgeball in thongs for, like, the pleasure of a woman being able to objectify them and rate them based on, you know, their abs and their genitalia, I guess. It was very uncomfortable. We get that, you know, The Bachelor has very often done this with the women contestants, which we've been incredibly critical of. Um, And I do believe that, like, objectification of, of men does have a slightly different impact than of women, but it's not good. Like, maybe no one should be an object. Maybe that's the lesson we can take from feminism, that objectifying people, human beings, is a real net negative and pressuring people of any gender identity to strip when they might feel really uncomfortable doing so is like not cool and uh, really veers into sexual harassment territory. So we're going to give this one a five and just beg of the show to stop doing degrading shit like this. Yeah, I think that kind of shows the limitations of the discourse of, well, you would never have the men do this because then what the show uh, in this instance tends to hear is, let's have the men do that. And, you know, we need to have a discourse around um, treatment of women on The Bachelor that does not result in simply more people being treated in a degrading manner. Um, That's not what we're going for here. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Jessica Goodman, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week to recap more drama on The Bachelorette.
The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.